Welcome to the Drup Journal Podcast, where we engage in conversations, explore key issues, and inspire collective actions with our host, Tashukile Doji. This is Kinley, and I'm talking to one of our contributors, Pek Syaksian, on the Drup Journal theme, Democracy Today. To start with, what I'd like to ask you is, uh, you mentioned uh, Western and Asian thoughts on democracy. Well, what do you mean by that? Um, yes, first of all, thank you. Thanks for having me on this program. I mean, um, my article was uh, on uh, is on shifting mindsets and attitudes. And obviously, this is in the context of G&H. You know, we often talk of the importance of various pillars that influence daily lives and culture being one of them. So some work has been done in examining this, the differences between Asian and Western political thought. The West basically, we all know, values individuality, self-autonomy and independence, right? And in the West, there's a lot of focus on rules and laws. Whereas in Asia, studies have shown that relationships are the foundation of Asian society, right? Political scientists tend to um, point out that main difference. They say that Asian societies also accept paternalistic leadership, the idea of a community as opposed to individualism. So, and this is largely because in, in Asia, as in Bhutan, we all know that relationships, connection are important. The American political scientist was one of the early, uh, Lucian Pai, actually attributes this to a very complex sort of uh, personal bonding of people in, in any community, right? So he describes it in, in a very interesting terms. He calls it the ties of superiors and subordinates, the ties of patrons and clients, right? Okay. Here's, here's the interesting part. He says these ties in, in such relationships, he says it's often obscure. Who's manipulating whom and for what purpose? implying that even though you are the subordinate or the client, you have certain expectations of your leaders, right? And you expect them to also provide for your needs. Okay. So with that, uh, against that background, let's uh, talk about Bhutan, trends in Bhutan. Uh, what do you mean by the shifting mindsets? What is uh, shifting in uh, Bhutan? When we talk about the need for shifting mindsets and attitudes... I guess we, we are talking about this um, moving away from this recipient mentality that has developed perhaps largely due to, you know, uh, being a developing nation where we've been accepting development aid. Um, you know, that's one context. The other one is to talk about the need for people to move beyond just thinking that democracy is going to the elections and voting and then the rest of the next four or five years you know we just sit back and do nothing else so this mindset that we're calling for that um and and it's in some of the work that cso's do in bhutan is to get people to become more participatory to learn how to engage more in daily affairs and not just um sit back and expect services you know, and now various needs to be delivered. So okay, to try, hmm. okay. Yeah. So if we, yeah, if we, uh, I think uh, we we talk about. I think you're referring to what we uh, talk about as the 
you know, the change, making the transition from being loyal citizens to, I think you're talking about, you know, the transition from uh, being loyal subjects to responsible citizens in terms yes. of the mindset. Yes, yes. Yes, definitely. You know, all of us, I think, first of all, we all know, all of us have a very deep respect. But at the same time, we can't sit back and just criticize or, you know, complain. And, and there is a, a bit of a tendency of that these days. When you talk about responsible citizens, referring to citizenship, are you uh, talking about the development of civil society? Yes, that's one of the most obvious way um obvious demonstration of a stronger citizenry right the civic space the civil society organizations that have emerged there are 50 odd of them you know uh, is an indication that people are engaging are participating are learning how to take care of needs that have emerged in society that perhaps the government has been um unable to deliver because of other priorities. So the civil society is exceedingly important. And uh, more than that, you know, the, the presence of civil society that today in Bhutan ranges from, you know, animal care, shelters, youth programs, entrepreneurship, counseling, I mean, you name it, rehab, the list grows on and on. Even self-association. So, so uh, CSOs actually enable people when people engage in civil society work right or volunteer etc it enables us to learn how to think enables us to ask questions about what's happening you know to our community why are we doing this what is our need what and then most importantly to take action once we've done it once it's like it's embedded in our dna we kind of like okay we'll do it again you know and that's where you develop this citizenry that engages yeah so yes. when you talk you mentioned the whole list range of civil society uh functions so are you including the media there oh um yes to mention the yes the media is a uh, an important facilitator in a way you know um uh, to provide that public space that citizens need so what do I mean by that? Media provides platforms, the platform where people can share their concerns, provide their feedback and suggestions on what needs to be done or can be done, right? Or even to just to ask that difficult question, right? So the media is critical. And by media, I'm not talking about broadly just, you know, entertainment media. So I'm talking about journalism. We need to value good old-fashioned journalism that provides information that's been fact-checked so that citizens get the correct information they need to decide whether or not that you know uh, things are going well or or not so so i'm talking more about journalism and now of course increasingly the use of social media we also need to learn how to use social media in a smart manner in a critical manner and not be overwhelmed by just incessant you know 24 7 entertainment and singing and dancing while that's important i think a healthy media diet is critical for every citizen coming out of a recent pandemic right we we have seen that democracy is on a decline globally 
everywhere. Authoritarianism is on the rise. There's a lot of polarization, etc. And we've also seen globally that some governments are deliberately using sort of misinformation and and some um, observers, you know, media observers would even say disinformation to sort of to push mm. push things and push their own agendas. So I think this is where the role of the news media is, is very important. Um, Bhutan can learn by observing what's happening outside and, and uh, sort of um, support local media. Okay, now I want to close this uh, conversation with, uh, you know, with how do you introduce children and youth to democracy and democratic values? Children and youth? Um, We're talking um, about schools and clubs yes. and all that. Yes. I think there's a tendency in Bhutan sometimes to think that uh, democracy and politics, you know, are, are subject matter for adults or, or you know, for, for older people. But I think democracy begins in school and in the home. Uh, oh, suggestions that have been made in the past is you could create a more participatory decision-making process in schools. You know, some a few schools are already doing that. You can rope in students into making decisions on, you know, what the school concert should comprise of, the school picnic, how do you organize that. And even then go deeper by discussing rules and regulations that govern stu- the student body, disciplinary action. When you do that, I think you encourage a lot more awareness about why these rules exist, right? And, uh, and you also empower the young people to understand that they have a say in their community and that what they do impacts their school community and the responsibilities of citizenship. Without even saying it, you don't have to say this, you know, you're a citizen, but you are a member of the school. So we invite you to make these decisions and we invite you to understand the rules. And that is why people who flout the rules will have to, right, do such and such a thing, right, stay back in class, clean up, etc. That's one. The other one is news literacy. <laughs> I think, um, you know, we, we now recently discover that more and more of our young children and youth spend, you know, we spend a lot of time on social media, but very few are interested in the daily news and current affairs and what's happening in their community and neighborhood. So news literacy is essential. Uh, how to discern what information is accurate, what is not, you know, uh, what is fake, right? So this has to be built into the curricula of schools and colleges. And I would dare say even in various institutions in Bhutan, you know, but we, we... Okay, is that why, for example, mm-hmm. would, uh, is that why uh, BCMD, for example, started uh, or encouraged encourages media clubs in schools? Yes, yes. I mean, when, when BCMD started in 2008, we realized that many people are not prepared for democracy. And, and one way of preparing them is to get them more interested in, in what is happening in, in the country, in their zongkag, in, the, you know, in, in these institutions. What are these rules that have been developed you know, to ensure a good democracy, to ensure accountability and transparency? So, um, so we developed this news literacy program that 
analyzes the differences between news and opinion, etc. And then we went deeper as the years came by with social media engagement, you know, how do you engage in a productive way. So I think because we live in a world beset with misinformation and even disinformation today, right? And now with AI, artificial intelligence coming in and all the concerns about use of it, I think there's there's no other way. I think Bhutan must learn these skills so that we can debunk fallacies, mistakes, we can critically question, that's the other one. Learn how to use media to also question, provide information and feedback to the system. And all this must begin in school. And the last one is, I think, not just school. Families too must encourage a more balanced media diet. While, while you know, they want to entertain their kids, you know, I see a lot of young parents giving the phone to, to their children and all they do is like either gaming or, or watching, you know, film and cartoons, etc. But in some ways, if they could get them talking about, I mean, go and sit down and watch the news with your children and then discuss it. Oh, this is happening in Zunsi. Oh, they're talking about farm roads. Um, we went on that farm road. What did you notice about it? This is what the government's doing. So sort of, sort of like socialize younger people into daily affairs. And, and uh, I think families have a big role in that. When we say sense socialize children into daily affairs, um, because democracy is a work in progress. Thank you for listening to the Druk Journal podcast. To subscribe to the latest issue of the Druk Journal, please visit www.drukjournal.bt and follow us on Facebook to engage in meaningful conversations.